Well, welcome again to another podcast, Down to Earth, but Heavenly Minded. I'm your host, Irv Risch. And as we move forward, we're going to be going through the entire New Testament. Uh, and with that, we're going to do a commentary afterwards. And uh, with that said, let us just move on to our next section. And thank you for joining me. Chapter 11. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained it to them in order. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something like a great sheet, descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, What God has made clean do not call common. This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at that very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were, sent to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen the angel stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. 
Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined, everyone according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Acts chapter 11 11 verses 1 to 3 word quickly got back to Judea that Peter had preached to the Gentiles and that they had been saved. Therefore, when Peter returned to Jerusalem, he was challenged by those of the circumcision for eating with Gentiles. The circumcision here refers to Christians of Jewish birth who were still bound by their former ways of thinking. For instance, they believed that a Gentile must be circumcised in order to obtain full blessing from the Lord. They still thought it was wrong for Peter to eat with Gentiles. 11 verses 4 to 14 In defending his action, Peter gave a simple recital of all that had happened, his vision of the sheet let down from heaven, the appearance of an angel to Cornelius, the arrival of the messengers from Cornelius, the Spirit's command to accompany them, and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on the Gentiles. Since God had worked in so many definite and yet distinct ways, to resist or oppose would obviously have been to oppose the Lord. In his message, Peter added several interesting details not given in the previous chapter. 1. He said that the sheet, from heaven, came right down to where he was, verse 5. 2. He spoke of observing it intently, verse 6. 3. Peter adds the detail that six brethren accompanied him from Joppa to Caesarea, verse 12. 4. In verse 14 we are informed that the angel promised Cornelius that Peter would tell him words by which he and all his household would be saved. This verse is one of the principal evidences that Cornelius was not a saved man before Peter's arrival. 11 verse 15 According to Peter's account, the Holy Spirit fell upon the Gentiles as he began to speak. In Acts 10 verse 44, it appears that he had already been speaking some time. Apparently he had begun to speak but was interrupted before he had proceeded very far. 11 verse 16 When the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles, Peter thought immediately of Pentecost. Then his mind went back further to the Lord's promise that his disciples would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He realized that the promise had been fulfilled in part at Pentecost and was now being fulfilled again. 11 verse 17 Then Peter faced the circumcision party with this question, If therefore God chose to pour out the Spirit on the Gentiles, as he had done previously on the Jews who believed, who was Peter that he should withstand God? 11 verse 18 It is to the credit of these Hebrew Christians that when they had heard Peter's account, they recognized the hand of God in it all and did a complete about-face. All their objections were gone. In their place was praise to God for granting to the Gentiles repentance to life. Be the planting of the church at Antioch, 11 verses 19 to 30. 11 verse 19 The narrative now goes back to the time of the persecution following the martyrdom of Stephen. In other words, the events described in the next verses took place before the conversion of Cornelius. Those who were scattered after the persecution carried the gospel to 1. Hephoenicia, the narrow coastland along the northeast Mediterranean, and including the ports of Tyre and Sidon, modern Lebanon. 2. Cyprus, a large island in the northeast Mediterranean. 3. Cyrene, a port city on the north coast of Africa, modern Libya.
However, they preached the gospel to no one but the Jews. 11 verses 20, 21 But there were certain of the believers from Cyprus and Cyrene who went to Antioch and there proclaimed the good news to the Hellenists. Blessing accompanied their preaching and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. F. W. Grant says, It is remarkable how officialism is discredited in all this. We do not know the name of a single person used in the work. The introduction of Christianity to Antioch was an important step in the forward march of the church. Antioch was located on the river Orontes in Syria, north of Palestine. It was considered the third city of the Roman Empire and has been dubbed the Paris of the ancient world. From here, Paul and his companions later went forth on their missionary journeys, taking the good news to the Gentiles. 11 verses 22-24 When news of great spiritual awakening reached the church in Jerusalem, it was decided to send warm-hearted, kindly Barnabas to Antioch. This dear man saw at a glance that the Lord was working mightily among these Gentiles, so he encouraged them to continue with the Lord with great determination. How good it was that this infant church should be visited by such a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. While he was there, a great many people came to the Lord. Also, unity with the church at Jerusalem was preserved. 11 verses 25, 26 Then Barnabas remembered Saul of Tarsus. It was he who had introduced Saul to the apostles at Jerusalem. Then Saul had been whisked out of the city to rescue him from the plots of the Jews. Since then he had been in his hometown, Tarsus. Anxious to encourage Saul in the ministry and to give the church in Antioch the benefit of his teaching, Barnabas departed for Tarsus and brought Saul to Antioch. For a whole year this splendid team worked with the church there, teaching a great many people. It was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. Doubtless it was a term of reproach at that time, but since then it has been welcomed by all who love the Savior. J. A. Stewart comments. St. Lee F. B. Meyer has said, Antioch will ever be famous in Christian annals because a number of unordained and unnamed disciples, fleeing from Jerusalem in the face of Saul's persecution, dared to preach the gospel to Greeks and to gather the converts into a church in entire disregard of the initial rite of Judaism. If these believers had gone from a modern congregation in which the ministry was designated to the sole responsibility of one man, this triumphant period of the church's history could never have been written. How tragic that in the average church the ministry gifts of the Holy Spirit lie dormant and latent, because the average believer has no opportunity to minister. As long as every little group of believers has a paid pastor to take care of them, there is one thing certain, and that is, the world will never be evangelized. Thank God for all the voluntary Sunday school superintendents, Sunday school and Bible class teachers and so-called laymen. If they all had to be paid for their services very few churches would be able to function financially. 11 verses 27 to 30 Although Antioch became the center from which the gospel went out to the Gentiles, it always maintained full and hearty fellowship with the church in Jerusalem, which was the center for Jewish evangelism. The following incident illustrates this fact. Certain prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch at about this time. These prophets were believers who had been gifted by the Holy Spirit to speak as mouthpieces of God. They received revelations from the Lord and delivered them to the people. One of them, named Agabus, predicted that a great famine would sweep over the inhabited earth. The famine did come in the days of Claudius Caesar. 
The disciples at Antioch promptly decided to send relief to their Christian brethren dwelling in Judea. This was certainly a touching testimony that the middle wall of partition between Jew and Gentile was tumbling down, and that ancient antagonisms were obliterated by the cross of Christ. The grace of God was manifest in these disciples who gave unanimously, spontaneously, and proportionally. They gave, each according to his ability. F.W. Grant sadly noted, Today it seems to be everyone a little of his superfluity, and the richest in proportion least of all. The money was sent to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. This is the first mention of elders in connection with the church. The idea of elders was familiar to Jews, however, since there were elders in the synagogue. No information is given as to how these men in Jerusalem became elders. In the Gentile churches, elders were appointed by apostles or their representatives, 14 verse 23, Titus 1 verse 5. The qualifications of elders are given in 1 Timothy 3 verses 1 to 7 and Titus 1 verses 6 to 9. Well, this ends another one of our podcasts. And until uh, next time, just remember, God is out here. And you can find out all about him in your Bibles. All you have to do is pick it up and read it. I have mine right here. And uh, God is in this Bible. So please read it. With that said, bye for now. Till next time.